Welcome back to our High Five, where we're gonna highlight five awesome things that are happening in the life of our church. So let's jump into it. Up at number five, we're celebrating the two baptisms our Bedford Outpost experienced this past Sunday. High five to Dave and Naomi. We're so excited for how God is working in and through you. In at number four, students from our Bedford and Manchester outposts celebrated a survivor-themed 603 night where middle and high schoolers came together for games, worship, and a message. This month, they enjoyed noodle forts and even a cook-off. There are many more 603 nights to look forward to, so check out our student page at church.one students and high five to more times like these. Here at number three, Rooted groups have reached the halfway point in their 10-week journey. Together, they're growing in their connection to God, people, and His mission. Way to go, you guys. This high five goes out to everyone in Rooted right now. Here's to strong roots in God's love. In at number two, this past weekend was National Faith in Blue weekend, and our Concord Outpost partnered up with Brothers Cortado, a local coffee shop, to thank the Concord Police Department for their service to the community. They enjoyed coffee, fresh pastries, and a great time of appreciation. High five Concord to sharing God's love like this. And finally, up at number one, Terrence and Sarah attended our Concord Outpost together this past Sunday and found themselves ready to respond to what God was calling them to do, to believe in Jesus and be baptized. We're all celebrating with them today. High five, you guys. Thanks for joining us for our high five, and I can't wait to celebrate with you in the next one. Man, God is so good. Yeah. God is so absolutely wonderful. I heard them say student survivor night. I'm like, man, it's survivor night every night at my house. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Uh, anyways. Um, hey, for those of you who uh, may not have been here last week, uh, such a wonderful way in which God has been moving. We, we did acquire a building. We, we, uh, are, we, we have secured a building here in uh, Concord or just outside about three miles down the road. And so, man, it's just absolutely wonderful to see what God is doing and what God is up to. And so be praying for that. Be praying for, for how God wants to use, you know, just a, a building to, to impact his kingdom. I know the church. The church is, the, the church is not a building. The church is a people. The church is the Holy Spirit moving through people, but God, God blesses us along the way with the tools to do what he calls us to do, and he's a God who gives good gifts. He's a God who, who gives good gifts to us. In fact, that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a gift. The fact that God wants to, that God will come and live inside you is not a small idea. So often, I have found myself trying to do stuff in my own strength, and I'm sure you have too. We hit highs and lows in life, and, and I don't know about you, but every time I'm like operating in my strength, it, 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 I can do okay for a little while. Some, I mean, like you might be able to do okay for a little while, but eventually you'll hit something, and something will come across your plate, and you're like, I, I don't really think I can do this. And all of a sudden, I mean, you come about the grace of God, and, and here's the promise of God to you. Here's the gift that he wants to give you. He says, well... That which you can't do, I will come and do inside you. And you think about like how that hits all the different parts of your life. Like maybe you're struggling with sin because that happens sometimes. Maybe there's, maybe there's something in your life that you'd rather not be there. 
Well, and, and you've tried and you've fought and you've had all of these battles and God says, well, I, I can come in and I can bring, bring a transformation in your life and through you. And maybe you're struggling in a relationship, whether it's marriage or kids, like there's all, like it hits all of us in different ways. And you're like, I don't have the strength for this. And God will say, well, I can, I can come do a work in you. And so the Holy Spirit is this wonderful gift that God gives us. Maybe you're struggling with emotions because we have those too and we go through highs and lows and there's depression and there's all this stuff and God can say well I I am God with you I am God for you I I I am I'm walking with you along this life and I will join you wherever you are I'll meet you wherever you are and you know you can hear this from a guy talking on stage but I would say that this is the promise that God gives to you is that he will be in you and he'll walk with you and so we're in a series about the Holy Spirit um and as we look at the Holy Spirit we we have this memory verse um, it comes from Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It's going to be on the screen here in a second. And it's Jesus talking to his followers. It's Jesus talking to his disciples. And he'll tell them, you know, I don't, I, I don't want you to leave Jerusalem until, until you receive my spirit. In other words, I don't want you to do it on your own. I'm not going to, I will ask it, but I'm not looking for a response, only a mental response. It's like, what right now in your life are you doing on your own? You're trying to do in your own strength. You're trying to resolve in your own strength or, or, or you have completely lost control and you don't know exactly what to do. God, Jesus will say this. I, he, he will say, I don't want you to leave until, until you know that I will be in you and I will lead you. And so our memory verse is going to be here on the screen. And I'm going to ask you that we say it loud, say it together, because this is what Jesus will say. And I think is things that we can hear in what he's saying to us. And so read this with me. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus will tell his disciples, which we are today. If you're walking with Jesus, that's who you are. And that invitation is there for you right now, by the way. Like you can be a follower of Jesus and you can walk with him. And, and what he'll say to his disciples is like, you guys are going to change the world. And what I will say to you with full confidence is that, that God has called us to change the world. And you're like, well, how are we supposed to change the world? And I will say, well, the world that we change, we, we, we sometimes think in like these broad strokes and say, well, there's no way I could possibly do that. And yet, could it be that God wants us to change the world by how we raise our children? Could it be that God wants us to change the world by how you go to school tomorrow or how you go to work tomorrow? Could it be that God wants to change the world by people with different personalities and different backgrounds and different stories and different hangups that, that he has met and, and helped break and now God wants to send you out into the world? Because that's what Jesus says. He says, here's what I want you to know. You will be my witnesses. And I will take ownership of that. Like, okay, I, I, you know, I wrestled with this in my life when I was younger. I was like, okay, that, that Jesus has called me to bear, bear testimony of who he is. And you got to wrestle with that. And I will say that's to you too. Like, and you're like, well, who am I to bear testimony who Jesus is? And I, I don't know, but I know God. And I know what he says is that he'll put his spirit in you. And that, that if you're in him, he'll put his spirit in you. And that, that the calling upon your life, you're like, what is the calling of my life? Well, here's the calling of your life. It's to bear testimony of the love of God to other people. You're like, oh, I'm not sure of my mission field. And I'm saying, well, look up. Harvest is plentiful. People in your family and extended family, that's, that's who it is. We overcomplicate this sometimes to make excuses. Like, oh, I don't know what to do. And like, well, no, just do what God says. Just like love people. Help them to see that my love is for them and not against them. And I'm struck by how in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 we had read it. And, and Jesus says this is, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem where you are and you will be my witnesses um, in Judea and you will be my witnesses in Samaria and you will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth and I have to realize that we're a part of that we're in that you're in that right now you're 
We are in that witness of Jesus to the ends of the earth. In other words, here's what I would say. God has a plan. God has a plan in this world. And the plan of God is that through his church, through me and you, not just through a moment on Sunday morning, but through a Sunday afternoon or a Monday morning, that God wants to use his people, that he is infused, that he is empowered by his spirit to make an impact on the people around them. And it's a beautiful calling, isn't it? Like, we get to do this. Like, we get to tell people that, that the, the, the worries that you have, that like, that Jesus can meet you there. The struggle that you have, the, the, the insecurity, the, the loneliness that you have, that Jesus is there for you. The, the, man, all of the stuff that you're carrying around, the guilt and shame and sin and all of that stuff, that, that Jesus actually wants to set you free from that. Like, Paul will say this, we have the best message ever. And the more we become convinced that we've got something here, we've got some good news here. It's like, okay, here's what I would say. The Holy Spirit is a gift on purpose. And when God gives us Holy Spirit, it's a gift on purpose. Because he wants to do something through us. Yes, you. And I really do think, like, the power of the church is not... just songs and words from a stage, but... God living in you, God working through you. To say that God has a purpose, that you're a part of that purpose, and that he wants to use every part of us for that purpose. And so this is what Jesus will say. A little bit of context, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Here's, here's the context. This is what Jesus will tell to his disciples. These are some of his last words. He says this. He says, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Jesus gave a whole lot of commands. One of his greatest commands was love one another as I have loved you. But it says Jesus gave them this command and this is what he commanded them. So here's what I say. We probably should listen to what Jesus is saying. He says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait. What are they waiting for? He says, wait for the gift. Wait for the gift my father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. So if you, if you go through, through scripture, there's this promise that God had given to his people like all, like way back, like way back. Ezekiel, Isaiah, if like you open the beginning of your Bible, like there's these prophets that are saying that someday what humankind can't do in following the wills of God, will of God, because we're all flawed. He says, I will put my spirit in them. And so Jesus is saying, don't leave Jerusalem until you get this. What my father has promised you, man, he's coming. And what I have been speaking about, he's on his way. For John, for John, he baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. It's weird language there, isn't it? Baptism, what are you doing baptism? Well, you, you can do it today, by the way. It's water over here, and if like, you want to walk with Jesus, like, there ain't no reason to, there ain't no reason to, to delay, but what it, what it does is like, you get soaked, you get drenched, you get covered. You, get, you, get, you go under and you come back up and you are, are not the same. And Jesus said, John baptized you with water, but I want to baptize you not just with water. I want my spirit to be all over you. I want you to be drenched in me. I want you to know that my power, I will, I'll keep reading in a second here. I, but I want you to know that my power, that, that if you are worried that you have some type of power crisis or some type of power problem, if you ever feel powerless or you don't have control, he says, I want you to know that you will be drenched in my power. And I'm like, okay, there's... I'll just keep reading. Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? 
He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates, but that the Father has set by his own authority, but you, you will receive power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria. You will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. There is a gift that God has given you. And that gift is his power, and that power comes through the person of the Holy Spirit. And I would be lying if I said that there's not some type of crazy mystery there. That the power of God is at work in me, and the power of God is at work in you. And what Jesus will say is that that power is sufficient for anything that he calls you into. Okay, so, so just what has God called you into? Like, well, I don't know. Well, what, what, how has, what responsibility do you see in your life right now? Like, if you were to look at your home, what, what responsibilities are, or if you look at your job, what responsibility? Like, like he, what Jesus will say is, I can empower you for that. I, I can flow through you in all of that. And so I, do, I, I don't want, I want you to wait. I don't want you to leave. How many, like, Jesus was on mission his entire life, three years, and like, he turns the world upside down with 11 guys. And, and so, so, so you get the sense that, that Jesus is not necessarily a waiter, but he does tell us to wait. He says, but I want you to wait. I don't want you to go after this in your, your own strength I want you to go forward in my spirit in my younger days it's like my senior year of right after my senior year of high school me and my buddy Jonas his, uh, his father had lived in Colorado and we were going to go backpacking into Estes Park like 17 year olds, 18 year olds. I didn't know what in the world I was doing for a week long in like the wilderness of Colorado. Like I was, who should be doing, like someone should have told, what, where was my parents in this decision? But um, we got in this truck, I was in, I'm from Indiana and we made this, I don't know, 15, 20 hour drive to, to Colorado when we get there and I didn't have anything. I'm, I am not a planner. My, my idea of planning is like a, a backpack and a bologna sandwich. And it just turns out that's not the best idea to go into the, to the Estes Park of Colorado. And so we get to his dad's house and a lot of the what are you guys doing type of looks. But we told him our plan. And he says, well, if that's your plan, this is what you need. And so he started, started giving me all this stuff. Or give me everything that I would need to accomplish everything that I'd wanted to do. Jesus would tell his disciples, I want you to change the world. And there's a temptation in our, in our minds when God says, I want you to change the world, to think, oh man, that's, that's way bigger than what I can do. And so what he says to us, he says, but I want you to wait. I want you to wait. I want you to wait so that it's not you doing it. It's me doing it through you. you know, I don't know if this is a subtle thought. I don't know if this will be helpful to you or not. You can tell me afterwards. I was driving in today, and I can have my own sense of timidity sometimes. Any, any timid people? You're not going to tell me if you're timid, but because um, I wouldn't. I'm driving in, and I'm talking to God, like, thinking about the Holy Spirit. I'm like, God, I, man, I couldn't do this without you, which is true. There's... Oh, that's the truth. Like, my trust is in him, but he, he, he will speak in the midst of it. Like, we're, we're always, like, on this precipice of, like, God, unless, unless you can step into my marriage, I'm not sure what's going to happen here. God, unless you help me with these kids, like, I, I'm not sure how this is going to come through, God. Unless you help me love my boss or forgive my family, like, I don't know if it's going to happen. God, I don't think I can do this without you. And then a little turn of phrase that... 
That's one way to say it. God, I don't think I could do this without you. But then another perspective I started to think is like, God, you could do anything through me. And I don't know why, but I thought there might be a difference between those two statements. God, I don't think I can do this without you, which is true. I don't think I can do this without you. But there's this other side of God, you can do anything through me. There's nothing that you can't do. And I would say that in your life too. Whatever it is that Jesus is calling you into, God, show us the way in which you want us to serve as ambassadors of your kingdom. And not just me, each and every one is in this room. And, and lay a beautiful vision on our minds and hearts to see it and, and to glimpse it. And then to, to not say, God, I can't do this without you. But God, you can do anything you want through me. God, you can change my home. God, you can change my work. God, you can change our city. God, you could do anything you want through your church. And Lord, we just, we just want that. The Holy Spirit, he is a gift on purpose. God has a purpose. God has a plan. And his plan is this. He wants more and more people to know that he loves them, that he sent his son to die for them, that he sees their mess, but he can meet them in their mess. And he can transform them into a masterpiece. Just go read Ephesians chapter 2. A little bit of homework. Just go read it. As for you, you were, I guess I'm going to tell you. As for you, you were dead. But now because of his great love for us, God in his mercy, he made us alive with Christ. That we are his workmanship, which is actually the word masterpiece, which is kind of the word poem. It's like you are the poem of God. And, and so God can meet you in all of that. And, and you will be my witnesses throughout Jerusalem and Judea to the end of the earth. We have this prayer that we pray at one church, and it's, it's not a joke, and it's not an accident. It's, Lord, please give me one person to share your love with today. It's very intentional, because here's the, here's the intentionality of that. It's like to be able to see the number of people in this room double who have now understood and, see, and seen the grace of God because each one of us are saying, God, may you show us, will you show us another person who you want to show your love to? That's the plan. That's the purpose. Would you all pray that with me, by the way? I'll say it first. So, Lord, please give me one person to share your love with. Will you all say that with me? Lord, please give me one person to share your love with. And you're like, well, I'm not sure how I can do that. And I'm like, well, it's not, not about you. It's not your love. It's his love. It's not... Your forgiveness, it's his forgiveness that can flow through you. And so he's a gift on purpose. But he's also a gift of purpose. The Holy Spirit, he's a gift of purpose. In other words, not only does God have a plan to, to accomplish, but it, it, gets, it gets a little more defined. If you turn the page or if you turn the chapter, you come to Acts chapter 2. And in Acts chapter 2, it says this, um, when the day of Pentecost came, so they're all gathering in Jerusalem for a celebration, celebrating the barley harvest, which is kind of fun. Let's just celebrate harvest. Like, we're, we're about to celebrate harvest anyways, like the fall. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all gathered together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Remember, Jesus said, stay in Jerusalem until my Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now they're sitting in a house, and they're all like gathering together, and all of a sudden, this stuff starts to happen. And I will just be the first to say, it is weird stuff. That's okay. If our God is supernatural, if he is beyond nature, if he is above nature, then why would I ever think that he's going to respond in natural ways? Now, he does sometimes, but if he ever wants to break the natural order so that we can get glimpses of him, I'll keep reading. Um, 
Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from the heaven and the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Now all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. What? All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit was enabling them. Now, there was staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. That seems like a lot of people. From every nation under heaven. That sounds like a lot of diversity. When they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each of them was hearing what was being spoken in their own language. Now, utterly amazed, because why wouldn't you be? They asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia and Phrygia and Pamphylia and Egypt and parts of Libya near Cyrene. Visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what? What does this mean? Acts chapter 2, like, go read it. Like, it's weird. You ever get uncomfortable with weird? I get a little uncomfortable with weird sometimes. I grew up in the church, and churches are different than one another. You just go to a few, like, you get all types of different flavors, and that's okay. It's okay, like, the expressions of the church, the way in which God wants to move through the church, like, let him. It's even a dumb thing to say. <laughs> Who might have not let him? <laughs> but some weird stuff starts to happen. A sound like a rushing wind. What appeared to be like tongues of fire. I don't know how you picture it, but I picture it like, like, there's little flames of fire above their heads. And you're like, well, that's got to be strange. And they all start speaking in these. In, in the, the word we use for it is tongues. They start speaking in tongues. And, and as they're speaking, the, the other people that, that have gathered from all over the world, as, as Luke, the writer of Acts, says it, like from all over the world, everybody's hearing it in their own language. And I said, okay, well, what is happening here? What is the purpose? The Holy Spirit is a gift of purpose. God wants everyone, everywhere, including your home and your job and your city, to hear the wonders of his love expressed in Jesus. Like there's a plan. The plan is to accomplish his purpose through the church. And part of that purpose is for him to use people of all kinds of diversity who, who are able to speak the language of others. Like, you know what I love about God? No, man, there's a lot of what I love about God, but he's a God who speaks our language. He's a God who wants to speak to us. He's a God, I would, he wants to speak to you right now. He wants to speak to you. And he speaks to us through his scriptures in the past. He spoke to us through the prophets and teachers. And then he spoke to us in his son. The word became flesh. God wanted so much to reveal himself to us that he walked this earth. That's, that's astounding. If you were hearing it for the first time, for the first time ever, you're like, what? God, God became flesh. God became a human being so that I could 
get a glimpse of who he is. If you want to know what God looks like, you look at Jesus. This is what God looks like. He looks like, looks like Jesus. And now, in part of that plan, which to me doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense, he starts to say, I'm going to put myself in imperfect people. And I'm going to take you and I'm going to place you over here in Concord and I'm going to place you over here in Pembroke and I'm going to place you over here in Loudoun and I'm going to place you over here. And all of a sudden you start to see, okay, I can start to see this plan. God's going to put me with my personality, with my background and history into the lives of other people and I'm going to feel like, oh, who am I to do this? And he's going to say, well, don't worry so much about that. I want you to know that I will be with you. I can do anything through you. And now people who let's be honest, might not ever consider walking through these doors. It doesn't even matter so much because you're walking through their doors. It's like the church unleashed. It's like, get out there into the world. It's a, it's a, a Holy Spirit of, of purpose. Because there's probably a language that you can speak to your friends that I can't probably a language that you can speak to your family that I can't, that I don't know. And maybe there's a language that I can speak to them that you can't. And I don't mean foreign languages, although sometimes it seems so foreign the way we talk different than each other, right? So it's a gift. A gift of purpose. And then finally, it's a gift for purpose. And what I mean by that is there's something specific that you go a little deeper into God putting his spirit into us and you start to learn a little bit out a little bit something else you'll start to hear throughout passages particularly first Corinthians is where we're going to be today it says that that God will give to each of us a way in which God's spirit in you shows himself okay so think about that for a second did anyone hear like in Jesus right now what it says is that God living in you will manifest himself make himself known to other people for the good of the church and for the good of his mission So the Holy Spirit, God has a plan to reach the world through his church. The church has a purpose. It's a gift of purpose, and that is to to use us to speak the language of others. But then in that purpose, he also gives us like his spirit to show himself to the world around us. Maybe this will get clearer. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 11. There are different kinds of gifts that the spirit gives. But it's the same spirit that distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but it's the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God who is at work. We're all different is what I think Paul is saying. We're all different, and God is using our differences to accomplish his purpose and plan. Not each one, a manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Given for the common good, not just for me or not just for you. It's given for the person sitting next to you. It's given for the common good. Now to one there is given through the spirit a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge by the means of the same spirit. To another faith by the same spirit. To another the gifts of healing by that same spirit. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy. To another the distinguishing between spirits. To another speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another the interpretation of those tongues. All these are the work of the one and the same spirit. And he distributes them each one to each. Each just as he determines God's put a gift in you God has put a gift in you 
And I'll tell you, the best thing you can do is to, to own that. It's like, God, how do you want to serve the common good through me? In fact, maybe even, you don't have to do it out loud, but maybe pray that question. God, how, how do you want to serve the common good through me? At each one, the Spirit shows himself for the common good. So he gives this list. and well, I, I will say this. I'll use some of your attentions. If you're like, I don't know what my, I don't know the way I've been, I don't know the way I've been gifted. Like, let me tell you, you can go online and you can just type in something like the spiritual gift inventory. And most of them are free, and like, there's, there's all different types. And it, it'll ask you all kinds of questions, and, and it will help you get a sense of, okay, well, maybe this is how God's Spirit works through me. And you had a little bit of list there in 1 Corinthians. We'll go over it in just a second. Um, but, but you're like, okay. But, but I would also say this. You're like, how do I know that there's a spiritual gift in me? Like, what, what does it look like? And here, here's what I often think is the best. It's like, just ask the people around you. There's a good chance that even if you don't know, they probably do. Because they've been a benefactor of it. They've felt it. They've seen it. They've watched it. And so, so Paul gives a list of what some of the gifts of the Spirit are. And it's not exhaustive. You can find it in other passages um, in which the way the Spirit wants to move. But here's some of the gifts of the Spirit that he mentions. The message of wisdom. It's like, how do, how do, I, how do I apply what I know about God to life? Knowledge, like the gift of knowledge, the ability to like teach, the ability to, to teach and help people understand. Like there's wisdom, like wisdom is like walking out knowledge and yet knowledge is this, this like helping people understand what God has revealed into the world. The gift of faith, you ever met someone with faith? They're the people who come alongside when everybody's like, oh man, I don't know if we can do this. They're like, no, God's got this. God can do anything. God can do whatever he wants. So you meet people of faith and like, okay, I can, I can, I, I didn't see it before, but I'm going to lean into your faith. And uh, so some people have the gift of faith, the gift of healing. I'm not going to try to box all this stuff in, but have you ever, you ever meet people like you're, they're the person, if you're sick, you are calling them. Is it God who does work? Absolutely. But could it be that God uses particular people or puts his, that, that gifting upon particular people that, they can pray for them and miraculous powers. I don't know. I was talking to, I was talking to some people this morning, like miraculous powers. Like, how do you even define that? But, but could it be that God wants to break the natural barriers sometimes? Prophecy. Prophecy, we can get a little confused. We often think of that as like telling the future. But usually it's making what is unknown known. It's what, what, what may not have been known is speaking truth to a situation. Distinguishing between spirits, people of discernment. Oh, my word, like having discernment of like, okay, is this from God? Is this from, is this from not God? Is this from me? Trying to distinguish the spirit. Speaking in different kinds of tongues. In Acts chapter 2, I mean, you can talk about this in Acts chapter 2. It's, it, people are hearing it in their languages. But if you look at other passages, it, it's this, well, Corinthians 13, we're talking about like angelic language and like, okay, well, what is that all about? And you can hear it in Romans of like, like the spirit groaning. You're like, well, that's weird. However, have you ever been to a point where you're done 
you've run out of words and all you got left is, is groans and God starts to move through you. The interpretation of all those groanings and all that God is saying. There's all kinds of ways that God works. There's all kinds of ways that he moves and, and we get to be a part of it. The Holy Spirit is a gift. It's a gift on purpose. God is doing something in this world. It's a gift of purpose that God is doing. The something that God is doing in this world is through us making his wonders known. And the Holy Spirit is a gift for purpose that, that God has gifted you for a purpose. God help us to know our purpose. God help us to know how we, we get to bless and be a part of the common good. Jesus will say something um, as he's talking about the Holy Spirit. He says, it's good that I go. Which for a long time, it's like, what? How could it possibly be good that you go? He says, because if I go, I'll ask my Father and he will send the Spirit to you. And maybe you're wrestling with this question. Well, how can God live in me? And that's a terrifying thing because I know me and I live in me. Jesus will say, the me that you don't want, the mess, the mistakes, and failures, he says, I will bear all of that on the cross. And so we celebrate this moment. It really is a celebration. It really is a, a moment to remember that Jesus met me. And while I felt unclean and insufficient and not measuring up, and maybe that's where you are today, he says, I, I give my life for you. And you can find life and freedom in me. And so we take, we take to our king. He took the juice. He says, this is my blood poured out for you. If you want to know how much I love you, it's, it's all of me. It's all of me hanging on a cross. So that not only can you find life, but that I can put my life in you. And that which you cannot do, I will do. I will do through you. So we take to our king. Would you all stand with me? If any of you are here today and you need prayer, if there's a way we can pray with you about whatever like, might be going on in your life, we're more than willing to do that. Dan will be up front. I'll be down here. Someone will be in the back, and we'd love to pray with you. But if today's the day that you, you want to be baptized into Jesus, if, you're worn out, if your strength has worn out, and you're ready to say, God, I, I want all of you. I want every gift that you are willing to give. And I want to receive the gift, the fullness of, of what Jesus has done and also the fullness of what you have to offer for the life that I have. Then we have water over here. We have towels. We have T-shirts. We invite you to be baptized into Jesus today. We all pray with me. God, I thank you for today. Holy Spirit, I, I thank you that um, that the work that you have began in me and the work that you've began in us, Lord, that you will see it through to completion. And sometimes it feels like it takes a long time. 
And Lord, I pray that you show us the stuff that we're trying to do in our own strength, and I pray that we stop it. But I pray that we wait and let, let your spirit speak and guide and lead. And Lord, I pray that by your same spirit, Lord, that you might show us the people that you have put in our lives and that you will bring across our paths, that, that you have created us and shaped us and formed us to speak their language. So Lord, I pray that you give us the boldness to step into it. In your name we pray. Amen. to the next song. Let's just draw our hearts and minds to him. We want to praise the Lord with this song here. Oh, my soul. Yeah. 
Yes, Lord.